I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GCE became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 95 of the Big Boo Cast. In this episode, which by the way, it took an act of Congress for us to record, Melanie and I are going to talk about the Olympics, we're going to talk about Black Panther, we're going to talk about some new things that we've watched, and we're going to answer a couple of questions as well. It's going to be big fun. Before we get started though, I am so excited to tell y'all about a new sponsor that we have for the podcast, Universal Standard. Universal Standard is a line of modern minimalist essentials in sizes 10 to 28. If you're like I am and you love great clothes and you especially love clothes that last a really long time, you are going to love Universal Standard. Universal Standard is all about style and fit and quality. They use premium fabrics like Peruvian cottons and 100% cashmere's. Every piece is engineered specifically to fit the size 10 plus woman. The clothing doesn't just fit on the bigger body. These pieces are precisely fit from one size to the next. The styles are chic and they're minimalist. Think Theory and Helmut Lang. Um, They are truly changing the game with their Universal Fit Liberty program. You can actually exchange any piece from their core collection if your size changes within one year of purchase for free. So don't wait for your size to change before you invest in quality pieces for yourself. Get the pieces you want now, and if your size changes, they've got you covered. This clothing is seasonless, which means you can buy exactly what you need. They also release a new product each week, so there's always something fresh on the site. And because Universal Standard is direct to consumer, they keep the quality super high while not inflating prices for retail markups. No sales, just great clothing priced fairly from the start. Y'all, I have recently gotten their jeans, and the first time I put them on, I called Melanie and I said, well, this is what luxury feels like. I absolutely love their jeans. I got a great burgundy colored dress that's so classic and so good looking, and the fabric feels so good. If you live in the New York or Seattle areas, you can even shop in real life by visiting their showrooms. You can try on the entire collection with the help of one of their expert stylists. So from customer service to presentation, Universal Standard is setting a new standard and empowering size 10 plus women to dress the way they always wanted by saying, now you can. For our listeners, when you try Universal Standard and spend $50 at universalstandard.com, you'll get their signature $50 T-Rex style t-shirt for free. Just use our special code BIGBOO at checkout. That's universalstandard.com and use the code BIGBOO for a free T-Rex t-shirt. I actually have one and it is super comfy when you spend $50 or more. We thank Universal Standard for sponsoring the podcast and for creating such beautiful clothing for women sizes 10 to 28. Here's episode 95. 
Hey, everybody. This is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And what you don't know is that this is the episode (laughs) (laughs) that did not want to happen. No. Well, and technically it did happen. And then I closed my computer and it got deleted. Right. Um, And then we've had we've had a myriad of scheduling snafus. I, I told somebody yesterday, I said, NATO does not have the trouble <laughs> with scheduling that Melanie and I have had this last time. Like governments run more smoothly than this thing has this last week. That's because they're not bound by teenager schedules. That's I'm why. I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I it, mean, you throw. You throw some teen sporting events into the government <laughs> schedule and you want to talk about getting some people off track. That would do it. Well, and it was just like, it was like, well, we recorded the one and then it didn't upload. Um, and <laughs> which oh. may, and th- honestly, that may have been for the best. We were not really on our, on our, we were not in happy, shiny places that day. And yeah, then, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I think so. And then <laughs> since then, I mean, we really have, we've tried about six times yeah, to, yeah. to do something. And it's always been, and even this morning, we thought we were going to record at one time. And then it was like, wait, Alex has yeah. a scrimmage. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's cuckoo, banana town, crazy pants. It is. It is. And I think, you know what it is, is I'm at that point, and Gully and I always say this, I'm at that point in my calendar where I look and like until spring break, there's no end in sight. Like it's not like it lets up next week. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just crazy from now until I can't even remember when our spring break starts, March 10th. It's just crazy. Yeah, pretty much. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. we did what we can and that's all we can do. And so yeah. We're, we're going to exactly do what we, right. we're going to do what we can, and we're going to we're going to soldier on, and and um, we're going to make it through. So it's all going to be fine. That's right. Mm-hmm. We're very much like the Olympic athletes. <laughs> we have trained for this. That's right. We have hydrated. Yes. Things may go awry. Sometimes you go off course. Sometimes you don't get the triple axle, but you you persevere, and that's us with this podcast. Okay. So speaking of the Olympics, I have not really watched. Yeah. I'm ashamed to say. I just. I just haven't. I mean, like I have, I've thought about it, maybe turned on a couple of things, but by and large, I have not, I've not been invested in this Olympics, but you, however, have been invested. I have been invested in this Olympics. Now, not to the extent, and if some of it is just because we've been recording it, and so we come home and we tend to kind of fast forward through what we want to watch right. um, just because we've been so busy at night. But um, I have been, not the same way I am with the Summer Olympics, because I think it's the whole thing of being from the South. I understand the summer sports more. Right. You know what I mean? Like the Winter Olympics, sometimes, like I heard somebody saying, I think it's true, is it's like you kind of think you could drink too much and like go out on an icy driveway and maybe invent a winter olympic sport you know like i'm I'm looking at you curling like that's yeah i mean that's what i'm saying i mean you could go okay this seems legitimate we could do this um no but we've really liked it we've watched i mean we've watched sean white win his gold medal which was super exciting and i love that that's probably been my favorite moment so far um last night friday night they had we watched Lindsay vaughn and they did like a whole you know how they go for the tearjerker and they did the whole thing about her grandpa don who she spent summers with and her grandparents and grandpa don has passed away and then she was racing for him and then she had a bobble down at the end and she didn't win a medal and i was like but what about grandpa don it made me so (laughs) did did y'all not hear the part about grandpa don that's exactly right you would have scored that differently Mm mm-hmm 
Yes, exactly. And then we watched. And then last night was one of those, and I don't know what they call it, what the official term is, but it's that where they go, they ski down as fast as they can. This is the technical term. (laughs) They ski down as fast as they can, and they go up a ramp, and then they do like 74 flips and then have to land. And I mean, there Uh, were some epic wipeouts. I mean, I felt like our living room last night sounded like this. Oh, is that that just a ski jump? I guess, or like a downhill ski jump. I don't know. It's it's something. Um, And then, but, you know, it makes me laugh because, you know, the Olympics, it turns you into like, by the time we were watching Sean White snowboarding and it came to it, it came down to his last run for him to win the gold. And it was one of those things that I'm like, you know what I know about snowboarding? Nothing. I mean, nothing. And here I am and I'm like, well, he's going to have to hit two 1440s (laughs) if he's going to have a shot winning a gold medal in this deal. Do I even know what a 1440 is? No, I don't know. That does not matter. That does not matter. You are an expert on your couch who has insight that is valuable for Sean White. Absolutely. And I'm telling Perry, I'm like, do you know that he did two 1080s to win his first gold medal in 2010? And that wouldn't even put him on the podium tonight. Like, you don't throw me those 1080s, Sean White. I'm going to need to see some 1440s with a something and a half tuck and a front grab or whatever. I don't know. We were talking the other night. I was with some friends and we were there and both of their girls play basketball. And we, I can't, we were in a, in a group of a larger group of parents and they were, we were talking about different sports and they were saying, still don't really understand basketball, but I noticed scream box out, box out. Yeah. Watch your feet. Hands up. Get your hands up. And then the box out is when the all else fails box out. Um, box out. Uh, yeah. I, you know, you just, you learn as much lingo as you need to function in a certain environment. So I think that your 1440s and 1080s and all that, you're just, you're learning to function in the confines of that environment. It's, it's, That's it's right. healthy and good. That's right. Well, and you know, and then we watch the figure skating, the ice skating, and I feel like, you know, I'm like everything I've learned. Perry's like, how do you end up being a male figure skater? And so based on my knowledge of the movie Cutting Edge, I'm like, well, probably they wanted to play hockey and then found out that they couldn't. And so they they ventured into the world of figure skating. I don't know if that's true. That's just based off of my love of that movie. Yes, I feel like Cutting Edge, this is the fruit that it bears down the road. (laughs) Cutting edge inspired us all in the early 90s. And then here that that 20 years later, you know, you would be able to call upon that knowledge from from cutting edge. Did you at any point in watching the skating at any point did you say, "Ooh, toe pick, toe pick, toe pick? (laughs) Of course, of course I did topic and then you find yourself sitting there and you're like who was the figure skater years ago who was that figure skater she was so beautiful but she was blind who was that and I'm like well that was ice castles so that was not a real <laughs> which that wasn't a real thing Listen, Robbie Benson was not her boyfriend that was not a real when thing. I was a teenager I could play I learned to play the theme from Ice Castles as I feel like every piano student in the 80s did I learned to play the theme from Ice Castles yeah. on um, the piano with great feeling do do oh please uh-huh. don't let this feeling don't let this in. In. it's everything uh-huh. I, I forgot mean. about that thing everything I want <laughs> to be it's so- so yeah. good to remember that that figure skater was actually fictional. That's good. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important information, but I have left because Caroline. So part of what we've been so busy with is she started running track and this is like, I mean, she ran junior high track a little bit, but like high school track 
is is different. I mean, it's more intense. Mm-hmm. And so, like she was running, we were to meet, a meet. I guess it was last week. It all blurs together <laughs> at this point. But she was doing the two hundred meter dash, and I mean, and like when I videoed it, um, and when I listened to myself on the video afterwards, I was like, well, that was a little intense. I mean, it was like, I'm like, Shanko, pick it up. And she said after, she goes, you yelled at me to pick it up. She said, I was running as fast as I could. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. We get a little. Bring something out in us. I, I When I dropped Alex off at his lacrosse scrimmage a little while ago, I was like, you, listen, you go get it. You get out there, you go get yeah. it. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it yeah. means. I know. He plays no, defense. He's just not mean- even passing the ball. Like, <laughs> go get it. You get it. Well, and Caroline, I'm sure she loves too that the Olympics are going on because we'll come out and we'll be like, here, watch this thing about Sean mm-hmm. White. We're like, look at that. And I'm like, you know what? He didn't just pass the ball to make somebody that's feel right. better. Like, that's, that's not what a competitor <laughs> does. You do what you need to do. You do what you need to win. <laughs> it's terrible. Come it's when terrible. Did we turn into sports psychologists slash motivational speakers. <laughs> exactly. I know they did a whole thing. So Michaela Schifrin is going for five gold medals and she's won one. And I don't think she's had her another thing yet. I think it comes up tonight. But they were talking about her and that she started to get so nervous and how she would get so worked up. And so she's been going to see a sports psychologist. And so the sports psychologist had her right on her glove. I am. And it's just to remember like, I am the best. I have trained for this. I am like, it's all about what she's done and all that. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly right. I'm like, I don't know what, you know what sport I play? None. I mean, (laughs) maybe that's our problem. Maybe that's our problem. Um, Hazel mm-hmm. apparently is trying to defend the, the house from something. I don't know what it is, but. Well, she always is. She's on the. She always is. Well, I know it's, it's something else. It's, I, I saw on Twitter, I think at some point, um, something about something. It's, it's time for the Olympics again, when we salute all the parents who have screamed from the stands since their kids were eight years old. I mean, it really, but you think that's exactly, <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Like it is, it is, but there's something about watching your child compete in something that like, it just, it's the most, it's the most thrilling thing ever. It's gut wrenching and thrilling. And um, a friend of mine is watching her daughter dive in the state meet today for UIL. And her husband, I guess that she came up on like the, he was watching it online and he posted like a screenshot of her, of the mom. And I was like, oh, I so recognize that face because it's like I could throw up right now. You know, like she, mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. that mom had the eye of the tiger, you know? like Uh-huh. Pure terror. Oh, good night. Uh, Something else. Uh-huh. And I feel, listen, I feel that way. I, I feel that way kind of across the board. I feel that way. Any team sport. Mm-hmm. I feel that way about all those kids you know, that and from Alex's grader on the teams that he plays on, like you just, when there is a relational connection to whatever sport is happening, it's another level. Yeah. It's another level. Yeah. It really it's is. so fun. Yeah. It brings out the crazy. Okay. So I need to tell you, speaking of watching the Olympics, I have to tell everybody about a new development because I feel like I have griped about this so much. And so we did have a little bit of excitement in that we finally got a new TV in our living room this week. Okay. All right. We have a smart TV. It has Netflix built into oh, it. Oh, listen. I can't even tell you that I feel like my whole life is about to be better. I'm, 
congratulations, first of Thank all. You. You're welcome. Thank you. It feels, it feels, I mean, it, it only took us 12 years to get here um, and a lot of complaining, but it, it it is bigger. It has a great picture. It has all the things built into it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like our viewing options, I got to show Perry how to use Netflix because he's never even experienced it. I created mm-hmm. him his own profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I feel like this is a game changer for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I'm so happy for you. And, and mm-hmm. what, what, finally made y'all like what what precipitated the change what what finally got you there well you know I'd been wanting to for a long time well our mm-hmm. friend John who also helps lead worship at our church he is an audio like that's what he does I don't know mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the technical term but that's he's a video audio guy and so I said will you please help me and so I told him back in January I was like hey when you have a chance just whenever I said like we would love to like upgrade and get a bigger TV and we just don't know what to get and could you come install it and the whole deal you know like just and he was like sure you know and so he was like measure it for me so I did and then a couple of weeks went by and then I texted him last Friday night when the Olympics started and I just said sure would have been nice to have my big TV for the Olympics and he was like so when you said whenever you didn't really mean whenever he said you had a specific and I was like kind of yeah I was just that was like my whenever Um, but not really and he said and then I laughed because he said oh I see how you Aggies are. He said, y'all say whenever, and then y'all go pay $75 million to hire Jimbo Fisher. And I was like, yeah, kind of our, that's my mentality. Um, so anyway, so he told me what kind to buy. We bought it from Best Buy. It was delivered on Tuesday. He installed it Thursday and I could not be happier. Well, I'm, I'm you know, we, I, I think I've told you this, but we took the television. Well, David watches television in our bedroom because we have a little den in our bedroom. And so that's kind of where he uh-huh, camps out to watch uh-huh. television. He, we got a bigger TV for there back at before Christmas when they went on sale. And so we took the television that was in there and we put it in the den off our kitchen, okay. which has never had a television in it before. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what, like I live in that room. Okay. I, I, and, you know, David and I don't always watch TV together because we don't like the same things. Uh-huh, and I uh-huh. just, I just, and, you know, we've talked about Enneagram a lot lately. Apparently, our two Enneagram types are real good at just sort of letting each other be. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, that's if you look at why those are compatible, they, we just, you just sort of let each other do their own thing. Um, and you don't put a lot of pressure on people. Mm-hmm. So one, one way we don't put pressure on each other is we watch separate things sometimes. And so um, anyway, but I have loved it. I've loved because I've never really had a place. I've, I've, yeah. I, sometimes I... You know, I'd sit in the guest room and watch television. Yeah. So, um, so I had enjoyed it. Well, look at us. I mean, but I feel like, because see, Perry and I are the same, or we don't really like to watch a lot of the same shows, but I feel like now opening up our world to Netflix and Amazon Prime on the big TV is like a game changer. Because like last night we were sitting there and it was late and I just turned on and he's never seen Schitt's Creek before. So we turned it on and he was like, this is a good show. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my world. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of other viewing options. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so I'm pretty excited about the whole thing. Okay, so I've mentioned this to you before, but speaking of Netflix, um, last weekend I started watching The Good Place on Netflix, which yes. I have not seen, and it I, is I found it to be delightful. Okay, I'm adding it's next up on my list. It is. Mm-hmm. I have not had time to really watch much TV this week between all my Olympic coverage um, and evaluating snowboarding and figure skating, but I, I really want to watch it. Well, I, I just I haven't gotten to watch any this week again because of you know all the craziness that that you, I mean we we've been in similar brands of craziness, but yes. 
Um, but I'm hoping tonight that I'm going to get to watch a little bit of The Good Place. It's really funny and clever and well-written. And I love, 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 love um, Kristen Bell. And so I think that I think that you're going to like it too when you watch okay. it. Okay. I can, well, and you know, I just finished Poldark. I had told you that. Um, which yes. I, which I loved. Um, I, I have to say from beginning to end. Well, I take that back. Season two was a little rough for me on Poldark. And I will say that the ending of season three I don't totally get it because I feel like a character made a really bad decision and I don't understand all the motivation for that decision. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to ruin it. But it really is so beautiful. Like it's so beautiful to watch um, just the scenery because you're in Cornwall and the waves are crashing and there's horses and they're riding across. I don't know. It's all very dramatic and I enjoy it a lot. Okay. So um, also yesterday I went to see Black Panther and it was a group of adults and kids. Yes. And uh, I, um, and I didn't I didn't necessarily I, I'm not one I don't go to a lot of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, that's just, but I, but but Alex was so excited about Black Panther and has talked about it for six months. And so I was like, when you go see this movie, I want to go too. Like I think that's yeah, that, you know. So anyway, it worked out that um, we just had, we had a, a big group of people go, and the kids all sat up about three rows above us. And then we sat down um, below and anyway, when I looked at my, I I loved it so much. Like I want to go back and see it. I I loved it on a ton of levels. It is visually, it is visually gorgeous. It is so like for, you know how I like to dig (laughs) into like a a storyline and it is so rich and deep with story. Um, and was that, would you say the gospel was all over it? I would say there is a call to the church in that thing. I would, I would, I would I'm say, so that there, I would say, I, I would, I would say that there is a call in there, but, okay. um, but, and it was like, it was very entertaining, but it was, uh, oh gosh, I just, I can't, I can't quit thinking about it. And so tomorrow, David's been out of town this weekend. He went hiking with my brother-in-law. And so he's coming back in town tomorrow. And and Alex has asked to, if he can go back with David and I want to go back with them. Like, I want to see it again. And I, and like, okay. I kind of want to take notes. I kind of want to take notes. Wow. So, that's a strong, that's a strong endorsement. I'm going to tell you what, I, here's the thing though. At the end of the movie, I got out and it's got like two bonus like scenes at the end mm-hmm. you have to stay through a lot of credits at the end. And don't, if you go see it, don't leave because there are some really good bonus scenes at the end. But I, when I finally pulled my phone out and looked, I put this on Instagram last night, but when I finally pulled my phone out and looked, I had a message from Alex in all caps. that said, stop nodding because apparently <laughs> the whole way through, I was just, you know how I'm a, I like to be an active listener. And the whole way yeah. through, I was just a nodding. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. I, there were a couple of times I think I talked back, like kind of like I was in, like an okay, okay, all right. I, I loved it. So, okay. I, I so, what's like the it, premise? Can you give us like the overall, like the, the, the premise for it? Like a, because I don't, I feel like I'm out of the loop. Okay. I'm not going to do this well because I don't speak the Marvel language. Okay. But well, I don't either. So you, yeah. Essentially, there is a son of a king um, who's, and the king dies and the son becomes king of a country called Wakanda. Okay. And so it's, it's all about, it's all about leadership. It's all about stewardship. I'm, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother you with all that, but there's also a whole thing. This. 
Okay, so Melanie just said, to make a long story short, we were, well, you can, you say what you just said. Well, you were, you were finishing, you were telling us about Black Panther and all of a sudden I happened to glance down at my screen and I noticed that instead of recording in progress, it said wave under my name, which I don't know the technical term, but it appeared that something was uploading me, which meant that it had stopped recording us. So I said, Hey, I'm going to stop you right here because (laughs) we're not recording anymore. Um, So apparently this podcast, I don't know what all, I don't know why we're having so many issues, but it's, it's a podcast that has never worked harder. Listen, what does the Lord intend to do is my question. <laughs> with, I mean, with, Lord, how will you use it? Lord. With our vast insight into the Olympics and to Black Panther. So I won't, I won't go, I won't repeat everything I said about Black Panther, but just it's a story of honestly, um, do we, how do we recognize the gifts that others bring to the table? Do we recognize the gifts that others bring to the table and how do we share those gifts? And there's a whole other, a whole bunch of other stuff too. But, um, but I mean, I loved it. So it was, um, and and like, and across the board, all the grownups that were there loved it. All the kids that were there loved it. It was fantastic. So somebody actually asked me on Instagram, how I felt about an eight year old seeing it. There are some really intense fight scenes, and there's a little bit of language. Um, so I don't know. I think probably, I, I think probably 10, 11 and up, but, okay. but, um, but really like a fun, a fun movie for, for the whole family with, if your kids are a little bit older and really, I mean, like if you're nerdy, like I am, like you get really neat discussion afterwards. And even um, my friend Casey, who was with us yesterday, I just heard a, a message from her a second ago. And she said, y'all, I cannot quit thinking about it. And for a okay. whole bunch of reasons that I did not know I would be thinking about it. Um, so I'm just, it's a, it's a great, I feel like it's a great um, place to start some discussions about some things or to, con- okay, but so, all right. Well, I'm going to, if we can, we have a long weekend. If I can figure out a time to go see it, which I probably can't, but if I could, I would love to go see it this weekend. Listen, Caroline Shankel would love <laughs> it. There are some strong women in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's her. She would, she would love it. Uh-huh. She would love it. That's what I'm thinking. Well, and she loves a Marvel movie anyway. So that's like mm-hmm. right in her, that's like right in her lane. So we'll have to, maybe we'll go do that. We might go do that this afternoon later on. Well, it was, it was, it was a fun, fun afternoon so i thoroughly enjoyed it and like it was one of like the whole audience loved it and at the end, everybody clapped oh i love that uh, so i love that that is that is that is strong praise yes it was it was delightful so okay anyway so that's that's what we've got going on i okay. guess tomorrow i don't know um all righty so i think when we talked about after after our unfortunate snafu earlier this week um, we were talking about, you know, okay, well, when we recorded again, whenever, whenever the Lord wills for that to happen. Yes. To talk a little bit about Valentine's Day. Um, yes. And, and since we have talked recently about, about being married for 20 years, um, here's what I will tell you. So we're not, we're not big Valentine, Valentine's Day people in, in our house. I think I brought a lot of unreasonable expectations about Valentine's Day into my marriage early. And then I'll, mm-hmm. and then I, then I gave up on those expectations. And, yes. um, and then it kind of came to a point where I was like, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, I don't care. Like, I just, yeah. how about let's just, let's just try to be good to each other all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. earlier in the week, I had to go to, um, I had to go to Walmart to get something for Alex. And while I was in there and really just a, just a, a fit, of um 
impulsive affection, I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a Valentine. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Alex a Valentine. I'm gonna buy David a Valentine, mm-hmm. and um, I'm gonna get them some candy. And okay, so, and so uh, which normally I would do a little something. I might you know I might write Alex a note or something, but never anything. Mm-hmm. But I was anyway. All that to say, I did, and so. The night before Valentine's Day, Tuesday night, I put David's card and the candy that I had gotten him on top of his gym bag, which he keeps by the back door because he goes early in the morning. And so I was, when I got up after he left and I was fixing my coffee, I got a text from him that said, thank you so much for the sweet card and the candy. Are we doing this now? (laughs) (laughs) Do I have to stop on my way home from work? Is the question. So I texted him and I said, no, we are not doing this now. It was just, it was a fit of affection in the Walmart, but no, do not go get me anything. It is fine. I just, but even when he got home, he was like, okay, but seriously, like, is this something we're going to do from now on? Cause I feel like I need to know. It's like, no, you're off the hook. Am I in trouble? Uh-huh. Am I in trouble? It's so fine. So oh, what did God. y'all do for Valentine's? Well, you know, here, well, I, it started with our traditional, I got my breakfast in bed delivered to me with a dozen roses and, um, you know, a very meaningful card. With a lot of sentences. How, uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh-huh. How, about how I was the light of his life, sure. about how he could imagine 20 years with anybody else, no. how it had been pure bliss. And then we went to dinner. No, without none of that. Um I'm going to tell you that Tuesday, I ran out to get Caroline a little something. Like I got her, she loves chocolate covered strawberries. So I got her chocolate covered strawberries and I got her a cute little pajama set, Mm -hmm. um, just as a little happy. And so I came home and Perry was in the back house and I said, oh, look, I said, I got Caroline these cute little pajamas for Valentine's Day. And he goes, oh, when is that? And I said, it's tomorrow. (laughs) So that helped set my bar pretty low. I felt like at that point... (laughs) I knew what my reality was going to be. But I do have to say, and so he was like, oh, happy Valentine's Day. And I was like, happy Valentine's Day. So we wished each other a happy Valentine's Day on Tuesday. Um, Caroline opened up her pajamas. His mom always brings us cards. So his mom had dropped off little Valentine's Day cards. And so we opened those Valentine's Day morning. And that was pretty much it. But he had at one point said, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, nothing. Why? And he was like, well, you need to go take your car in to get your tires rotated and aligned, balanced. Yes. So it wasn't so much an invitation to a breakfast date as it was telling me about a chore I needed to do. Mm -hmm. But I did not choose to do that on my Valentine's Day because I ran out of time and I didn't want to. And so on Thursday morning, he said, hey, if you'll take Caroline to school in the morning and don't mind driving my truck, I'll take your car in and get all that stuff done. So he took it not Uh only, oh, listen, he took it not only to discount tire and took that hit, but then he took it to brake check to get everything aligned and my brakes checked. So he did two things that I despise doing. And so I told him last night, I said, that really was the best Valentine's you could have given me. Like who needs flowers? Mm -hmm. Oh, because I hate those two things. And I'm like, for him to go take care of the car maintenance, that is love to me. That is all I need. So that that worked. Yes. I I hate to do anything car related. Don't make me do that. Why do you not? Why do no. you hate me? Why are you making me get it? I hate to do anything car related. Me too, because you always sit there and then they'll come in and they'll say, hey, your blah, blah is leaking and your blah, blah. Do you want to replace it? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, so it's like, but if he goes, I know, number one, they're not going to try to give him that spiel. And number two, he's going to see right through it. So I feel like any maintenance that we have done is going to be 
Perry mandated maintenance. And so I know that it's a legit thing. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was it. Well, I will say I woke up Wednesday morning and I had a notification that about a transaction on my PayPal. And so I, when I looked, I texted David and I said, Hey, I just got a thing that our Washington Post subscription renewed for the year. And he said, happy Valentine's day. And I said, happy Valentine's day. Uh, done and done. Look go. at that. <laughs> yep. There you have it. It's a gift that'll keep giving all year long too. So like having, like having my tires rotated. So it all works out. It all works out. Um, So that's that. I do. Yeah. Give me two seconds. It'll take me two seconds. Hold on. Let me take my headphones off. Okay. I'm back. Okay. I didn't get a real enthusiastic response. So I don't know that that wake up call is going to take, but I I did turn off her ceiling fan. So that helps (laughs) with the odds. Hey y'all, it's Sophie, all by myself in the middle of the podcast, because I wanted to let you know that our podcast listeners are invited to take advantage of Casper's competitive, limited time President's Day offer for the first time ever. Casper isn't just a mattress company. They also offer sheets, pillows, bed frames, even dog beds. So everyone in the family can sleep comfier than ever before. Casper has three mattress lines to choose from, the original Casper, the Innovative Wave, and the Streamlined Essential, and Casper is the place to shop for President's Day mattress savings this year. They sell directly to you, eliminating added costs and saving you money. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial, and returns are hassle-free if you're not completely satisfied. So, for a limited time, visit casper.com savings and receive up to $200 off your purchase of $2,000 or more. This special offer expires February 20th, 2018. See casper.com terms for more details. That's casper.com savings and receive up to $200 off your purchase of $2,000 or more. This special offer expires February 20th, 2018. Alrighty, here's the rest of episode 95. Okay, are you ready for a question? Yeah, I'm ready. This is a question that we got a few weeks ago, but we just didn't get a chance to to answer it. So I thought, hmm, this is as good a time as any. To be clear, Melanie and I have not discussed this question ahead of time. And so I don't have any idea what she's going to say. All right, so somebody says, here's a question. Buckle in, it's a long one. So first part is being a parent of a single child. I read Melanie's article on her views once, but I'd like to know how you both over the years have handled the naysayers on how they'll be spoiled or all alone. Um, It always seems to be one or the other. How do you take control of these conversations? Um, I would just say this about the last part. How do I take control of those conversations? I don't like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I can't. If somebody is really locked in on that, I probably can't change their mind. And I don't really know that I want to to exert the energy that it would require to try. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, my thought is, is I, I just, I go back to how many kids you choose to have is such a personal decision. I don't know why anybody, I mean, I, people do speak into that, but I don't know why. Because, I mean, I also have some friends 
that are younger than me that have four or five kids and they constantly get the, you know how that happens, right? I mean, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, they wanted to have four or five kids. I do not want to have four or five kids. That looks terrible to me. Just like for them, having one may look terrible to them, but it's like, why? I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not in, I'm just not interested in that. And I think too, like, I think if we would all quit worrying so much about what everybody's family was supposed to look like, and maybe instead just focused on trying to make whatever ours is the healthiest it can be, Mm -hmm. whether we have kids or not. Like, I think that'd be a good strategy. I don't know. Like, I just, I, for whatever reason, and again, I said, I think on the last podcast that I, I just don't. I don't walk around with a lot of other people's thoughts in my head a, a lot about what I, what I should do. And I think some, a lot of that has happened. I think a lot of that has happened kind of post 40 for me. I think my forties uh-huh, have been uh-huh. super liberating for me in terms of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk my road. You walk your road. Let's cheer each other on. And, and, and the end. So, yeah. so I have always prayed ever since I, I feel like Alex was very little, um, when I when I first started to think, you know what, this may be it for us, like for mm-hmm, a host of mm-hmm. reasons. Um, I have always prayed that he would he, I, that he would have friends who felt like family. And yeah, yeah, the Lord has been so faithful in that, and He absolutely does. And um, and I know Caroline is the same. So I think we can mm-hmm. we can say like if anybody wants to speak into that, I think the Lord just fills gaps, and so. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how to convince somebody that thinks that it was a bad decision or the wrong decision. I just, I don't know how to convince them otherwise. And so I don't try. Yeah. Uh, any more than I would, somebody who said that they don't feel called to have children. I wouldn't try to talk them into it. You no, know, no. <laughs> like Mm-mm. at some point we've just, we gotta, we, we gotta trust people and their relationships and with the Lord and, and let, and how the Holy Spirit leads and all those things. So yeah. I don't know that I've yeah. ever had anybody tell me that Alex was going to be spoiled, to be honest. No. And I, yeah. And I don't feel like Caroline. I mean, I think there are things, I mean, like I, I see times where, I mean, I think she, but I, some of it, it's hard to know. Cause I'm like, I think it's just her personality. Like she can be a little more introverted and like down in quiet time, like mm-hmm. I do. And so, but I don't think that's because she's an only child. You know what I mean? I think it's just, that's her personality. So she would have been like that no matter mm-hmm. what, you know? Um, and so, um, but no, I feel like we've been really careful. And there are times where I'm like, because she is an only child, there probably are things that we do or that she gets to do or that financially we can afford because we're only doing it for one and not for three, you know? Um, so in that way, but I also think that she, I feel like we've raised her to be appreciative and we've raised her to be grateful. And I do not think she has like a spoiled mentality or certainly any kind of entitled mentality at all. You know, like I feel like she's for the most part, as much as any kid is, I feel like she's very grateful and thankful for the things we do for her, you know, whatever. So um, I just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, because to me, that's not about how many kids you have. I think that's more about your parenting. I agree. I think so too. Uh, um, I don't know. I think all families are great. And I think that, Mm-hmm. You know, I think the places, like you said, I know like Alex has got a, a, an introverted side to him. And so, um, so we have to be like, he does not have somebody dragging him out of that in this house all the time. And mm-hmm. so we have to put him in situations where somebody's dragging him out of that a little bit. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that you can, you can, even if you don't have a certain number of children or if you don't have children or if you're not married, you can still make families like, 
you know what I mean? Like you can, with your community, like you become a big family with your community and you just, you just commit to it and decide to to Mm -hmm. dig in. And so, and I don't think siblings, I mean, I think people kind of do the argument of, oh, they're going to be by themselves. But I mean, like I look at, you know, the relationships I have in my life and I've, and I know you're the same where I have girlfriends who are like sisters Mm -hmm. to me and I have a sister. So it's like, but I, I, I think you find those people that you connect with and that you bond with and who walk through life with you. And a lot of times, I mean, I think when people, I mean, if you look at a lot of families, I know a lot of adult siblings who are close and I know who a lot who barely speak right. to each other. So it's, it's no guarantee that those are going to be your people, you know? Um, and I do thank God. I agree. I think he fills in the gaps and I think it's like anything. And, and I think it's funny because I feel, I feel, more secure in our decision to have an only child probably at this part of my life than I ever had right. before. And not that I ever felt. And and some of that I think is an age thing for, for Caroline and for me, where it's like, I see how busy we are and how much we're doing her stuff. And you start to realize like, I mean, I really do look sometimes like I look at our last week and I'm like, I don't know how you do this with two or three kids. And I mean, I guess you just divide mm-hmm. and conquer and, and all that. But like, I'm for me, I'm so happy that I can be at Caroline's stuff, that Perry can be at, there with me. We can totally be invested, you know, like this is because we aren't, we don't have another one to go pick up or to go watch or to go whatever. And so that works for us, you know, and, and there are other people who do the juggling and, and they go to all the stuff and they don't mind doing that either. But it's, it's, you know, I think it, it's being secure in what's right for you and not letting anybody tell you because, I mean, you're the one that's raising that child. You're the one that's investing in that child. You're the one. So, I mean, the grandparents or whoever can be like, don't you want another one? But if you don't really want another one, I don't think, I don't think you should ever have another child unless your reason is we really want to have another child. Right. Right. So. um, Okay. So the, I think the, the other part of that too, I think another kind of big picture piece, and I won't say anything else about this is regardless of what your family looks like, if you are part of kind of a bigger community of people, I think, mm-hmm. I think you feel like it's just, oh, thank you, Hazel, for chiming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I think that um, when you have other families that you sort of do life with, um, you feel like you're part of something bigger than just the yeah. the, the, fam- the people who live in your house. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's, I mean, and Caroline says, I mean, you know, I mean, and I've written so much about and, you know, talked so much about, but I mean, with Jackson and Will, I mean, those are like her brothers, you know, they fight like siblings. They, you know, they encourage each other like siblings. It's the whole deal, you know? So she's, she's, she knows what it is to sit in the back seat with somebody and have them get on your last nerve, which is really the gift that keeps on giving from having siblings. Right. Okay. Um, So I don't know if that was helpful or not, but Certainly, I guess it was how we feel. So, yeah, there. You so, go. there you have it. Okay, there you have here's it. A, here's another question that I have gotten from a couple of different a couple of different places lately, which is um, how you're gonna you're gonna um, you're gonna have some things to offer about this. I think. Oh, I am. Okay, I can't um, wait. No, how do you get started with writing and speaking? Oh, <laughs> it's like listen. It's like what I said about the Winter Olympics earlier. You just drink enough, and if you fall down your driveway, maybe something will happen. It's the same. It's the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? Here's what I think. Well, I think that 
absolutely. If you feel if you feel like the Lord is calling you to that, I still don't know that the Lord has called me to it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, last night I was speaking somewhere and I thought, Lord, I don't know why you want me here, but um, <laughs> it's just send somebody else, Lord. I'm like Moses, send somebody else. Help me to be clear. Um, I, yeah. Here's what I think. I think the writing and the speaking is going to always be an overflow of your real life. Yeah. And so I think that if you're writing out of the overflow of your real life, if you're if your opportunities to speak come out of the overflow of your real life, I think if you're angling to be a writer or a speaker, like if you feel like you've got to network in order to make that happen, that you've got to cultivate certain relationships to make that happen. If you are um I, 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 that, that would raise red flags for me all over the place. Um, Mm -hmm, And I don't, mm -hmm. I don't say that to be discouraging, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's, um, I mean, gosh, it's been, it's been such a blast for me. And I know it's been such a blast for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think that anybody can do it well or for long if it is um, something that has been strategic. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, you can, yeah. I don't know, but I think it would wear you slap out to try to be strategic about it because um, you've got to live enough real life to have something to say for one thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I think that if you, you know, if you're writing or you're speaking and you're going into places, if you're setting yourself up like the expert who is there to bestow all the knowledge, mm-hmm, I don't think that, mm-hmm. I don't think that lands well a lot of the time. And so I know, I feel like I say it about everything, but I think it's got to be an organic thing that happens not that the lord will not require you to step out occasionally to walk through some doors that you might not have known to open i'm not saying that at all but um i think if you want to write and speak you start to you start to write and you start to speak i mean you know if that's a blog if that's instagram if that is um i don't know i don't know where i don't i don't know or you you know tumblr tumblr (laughs) A Word document on your, yeah, Yeah. a Word document on your computer. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think, you know, I mean, you and I, I both feel like we kind of accidentally fell into it. I mean, I say that. I mean, I think I can look and see where God kind of aligned that path. But I I know that for both of us, it wasn't something that we were like seeking out. You know, I mean, I still say to me, I mean, it's like I started the blog to write and it was an outlet and it was creative. And I know you're the same way with yours. And then, you know, when when the book came out, you know, it was like after I mean, I think I'd been asked to speak a, a couple of times before Sparkly Green Earrings came out. But once it came out, it was like all of a sudden I got these speaking requests and I thought oh that's so funny that people think because you've written a book that you can go speak you know like um and and it's funny because it's especially after that book people were like we want you to come speak about motherhood and I was like okay well my kid's like eight at the time so I was like guess what isn't proven if if I'm a good parent you know what I mean like the the verdict is still out on this deal so um, to go talk to a bunch of people about motherhood or how to be a good mom was like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing the best I can, you know, like I'm, I'm certainly not an expert. And I, um, and I, so I think that for me, I've just always prayed that I would be faithful to walk through the doors that God opens mm-hmm. and that he would close the doors that aren't supposed to open to me. And, um, and, you know, I'm, and I also think that 
it's, it, I think speaking can seem, I think, I think I even had this before it started where I was like, well, that looks super glamorous. And now you and I know the truth of that. It means a lot of like delayed flights when you're sitting in airports and you can't get home and all you want to do is get home. Mm-hmm. Or you realize you've scheduled a speaking event at a time that you wish that you could be home instead, or you get there and you know, you're, you have a headache and you don't feel good or you get done speaking. I'm like, how many late nights have I sat and, and had like a bag of Doritos in my hotel room at 1030 at night because all the restaurants were closed and I can't eat before I speak and I'm just sitting there, you know, like it's, I think it's, um, I just think it really has to be something that, that God opens the doors for, because I think if you, um, you know, and not that you, I don't know, it's so tricky, but I just, I think you can't really strive or set that as the end all be all goal. I think it's got to be an outpouring of, of kind of who you are. And I think you have to, I mean, cause you and I have both said, I mean, if there, if you for a moment start to not walk in some humility, you will be humbled. Oh. I mean, like it, it, I mean, I have fallen flat on my face. I mean, I have had some things where they have just been like, oh my gosh, like it just, I just think you have to come at it from such a place of humility of, um, you know, and, and, and not feeling like you're an expert, because I just think the minute we start to proclaim ourselves an expert on anything is when that thing is going to explode. No doubt. No doubt. I also think, I feel like I say this about everything, but um, I also think, especially if you feel like you really feel like there's some sort of the, the Lord has put some sort of, of, of call or desire in your heart to, to write or to speak. Um, and you're not connected to the local church. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say it's a bad idea. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I, I know. I feel like I say the local church a lot when, when I talk to people about this kind of stuff, but you have got to put yourself under the, the leadership of somebody besides yourself. Um, or, mm-hmm. you're, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, you need yeah. to be connected to a local body. You need to be, um, you need to be ministered to by a local body. You need to worship with a local body. And so, especially if you're thinking you want to write or speak in the context of ministry and you are not connected to the local body, if you think, well, I've, like there are people, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, um, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like to watch this person online. That That's great. I mean, all like that's, that's, that's fantastic. But Mm-hmm. You really need to be connected um, to the local church. And I, listen, I love when I have girls at school who say, like, I would love to speak when I get older. or I would love to write mm-hmm. when I get older. And and um, so, you, you know, you've got to you've got to practice those things. You've got to put yourself in a position to continue to work at those things. But to do it from a perspective of service. And again, with ministry from the perspective of serving the the sort of the corporate body, as mm-hmm. opposed to coming at it from a perspective of striving, or of mm-hmm. of wanting some kind of notoriety. Because if you mm-hmm. like, guess what? Nobody knows who we are, and you no. know what I mean. And so Mm-mm. it's that's a bad reason to do it. And so I think that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but, but yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you feel that pull, I mean, I think we both felt that tug to write and we didn't know any place to do it other than online. And mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, I think whatever, also whatever the Lord needs to work out in you. I know we have both been through some times where I'm really sorry about Hazel, by the way, I, the only, it's I, totally fine. She has a lot to say about she it. She does. Um, we have both been through some times where we really second guess things. I feel like maybe we, we've second guessed everything like Tuesday. 
so mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah yeah so um you know you got to know too that the lord's going to work some stuff out in you that you might prefer him to leave alone yeah once you yeah. Know, if you if you head down that road yeah, it's true. I mean, and I think it, 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 you know, and I always say when people email me and say, I want to write a book or how do I write a book or how do I, I'm like, well, you write, you know, like you just, you have to write. I mean, it's, it's because it really is, it's such a discipline of, I mean, you and I both, I think, wrote on our blogs respectively for about six years every day almost before we ever had a book mm-hmm. published. You know, it was like, it was tweaking that thing and finding your voice and, and all of that stuff. And the best way to be a good writer is to keep writing. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that that's, it and and but it is that thing of you've got to engage and live in your real life because I mean I've I've had seasons like that where I've gotten so immersed now in the writing or whatever where I'm like this is not my real life no. like this is not my real life my real life is driving carpool and packing lunches and going to the grocery store and going to lunch with Gully and that's my real life yes. you know like this other um, and you had a link to this on our deal in case people haven't seen it but like to me like what Travis wrote about Beth this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that is why Beth Moore, that's why God has entrusted her with the ministry that he's entrusted her with, because you and I both know, and, and Travis said, she is the same person off stage as she mm-hmm. is on stage. I mean, there are no heirs. Mm-mm. There is no, um, she's not trying to, she's not doing this for herself or for her glory Mm-mm. or because she, you know, I, I feel like she's the first to say that she's struggling as much as the rest of us, but the way that she pours into like her real life people, uh-huh. um, that's the overflow of her ministry. And I think that's got to be, because I always say like, it doesn't matter what speaking events I get offered or what things I get to do or what milestones I've achieved. If my family, if what's going on in the four walls of my house and maybe larger my community, my little surrounding community, mm-hmm. like if, if they're all like, oh, that Melanie Shankle's kind of full of it, then guess what? I'm Then I'm not succeeding. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's a word. So there That's you right. have it. Mm-hmm. That's my two cents. That that and 50 cents will buy you a Coke. Not really because you'll need at least $2 to buy a Coke, but whatever. Alex is calling me. Hold, please. Okay. Hello. Y'all are finished? Okay. All right. Well, I'll leave here in just a few minutes and come get you, come get y'all. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. And that concludes episode <laughs> 95 of the yeah, podcast. I was going to say, and I guess that's the end because they're finished with their lacrosse scrimmage. Hey, okay. I hope I wasn't discouraging at all. Absolutely. If you feel that tug, but just, I would, I would say, and I think we've done this for each other. You check your motives every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's been the gift of, of, of walking this road with, um, with Mrs. Melanie Shankle slash big mom no. is that I feel like we have, re- we have, we have, we have challenged one another sometimes mm-hmm. and we have had to speak a, a maybe a word of affirmation or say like, Hey, you don't feel pressured to do this. If you don't, Mm -hmm. if you don't feel like this is necessarily what the Lord has for you, like don't ever feel like you've got to jump through a certain set of hoops because it's it's going to look different for everybody. Well, and I think, and I'll close with this because I know you need to go, or we don't have to close with this, but I just, I always think of like the verse that always comes to mind whenever I start to feel that thing in me where I see like somebody's doing this thing or that thing. And I'm like, well, man, I wish I was doing that thing. And it's, I can't, I think it's in Galatians, but it says, you know, after beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to achieve this with human efforts? And Mm -hmm. I always think of that where I'm like, okay, God did all this, like the blog and in the books and the speaking, I have no doubt that that was, that was God opening up doors for me. And so am I at any point going to start to trust, to not trust that he's going to 
lead me where he wants me to go you know and you know I I feel like way back when and like when we were just blogging you and I both um, would would say this verse over and over make it your ambition to live a quiet life and work with your hands yeah like you know like we're not we're not building a brand here like we're not Uh -uh. like clearly (laughs) clearly (laughs) yeah we've been we've been very successful (laughs) at that I would say but Make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Like, you know, the, the, um, I think the, the sweetest, um, most memorable, most touching moments of real life or those, I mean, I don't know if you, you, you may have heard of a book called church of the small things, but like <laughs> that is the stuff right there. And if we don't have our eyes set on that stuff, um, we're whatever, whatever we're hoping to feel with some known, ministry situation is is never gonna never gonna cut it so yep. it's never gonna it's never gonna work so yeah i agree, you have it. I agree. okay well that okay. includes the multi um segmented multi <laughs> long awaited long awaited much attempted episode 95 of the big boo cast i'm gonna go pick up from lacrosse scrimmage now all right i'm gonna go pick put on some makeup and get ready for my next outing okay all right we'll talk to you later Bye, everybody. See you.